The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. It's great to be with you, students. Um, it has been a minute. If you have been attending university for a while, this is my third year being with you. So maybe you've heard me for a while. Today, we want to talk about the topics of rest. In one sense, it's really antithetical because the world we live in is so restless. As the President Williams just talked about what is happening in the world, it's horrendous. world is restless. And if I just dial it down to where you are, you're like, Jen, are you kidding me? There's midterm. You don't know how busy my schedule is. There's this and that and then my social life. Rest, there's no rest. So I want to talk about that. Also, in one sense, many of you guys are students and soon go out in the workforce. Often we live in a world that is measured by productivity. Your identity is so wrapped up around how much you can produce. Where is rest in all that? But if you are honest, you are really tired. And we all need that deep gospel sabbatical rest that only our Lord Jesus Christ can provide. So we'll talk about that. At the beginning of this year, 2023, a friend of mine shared this New York Times article that's titled as Happy Low-Key New Year. In that New York Times article, the author goes on by saying, why is everyone so tired, etc.? And in their article, she quotes a viral TikTok video that, as I said, went viral. That gained 1.8 million views in a couple of days. In that video that she quotes, there's a social worker comes up with a pajama, sitting down on her sofa with coffee holding, and this is her rant. This is what she says. I think we need to set some expectations. I don't need 2023 to be my year. I need it to not be a soul-sucking drag through earthly purgatory. I need 2023 to come in, sit down, shut up, and don't touch anything, <laughs> she added. I need a palate cleanser year, a sensory deprivation year. Man, that was only beginning of 2023. I wonder where she is right now. <laughs> but apparently it struck a chord with a lot of people because so many people are like, I am just tired. I need this year to be rest. And you in the thick of school trying to figure out uncertain future about career after college, trying to get by midterm, a fall break is coming up. You're like, oh, I wish I can rest. So I pray that today as you dive into the most familiar Psalm 23, I pray that the Lord will speak to your heart. This is how we are going to go about talk about this Psalm. First, we will talk about the state, meaning let's examine what it looks like to see a heart that is completely at rest. We'll see that in this Psalm. So we'll talk about rested heart at its state. Secondly, and then we will examine ourselves. Really, I'm sure you're asking yourself even now, how are you doing really? And thirdly, lastly, I want to talk about some practical tips um, that we can rest. Hopefully we can do that. So as you dive in Psalm 23, students, 
One of the dangers of tackling very familiar text is that you're like, oh, I know it. Many of you might not even need the word. You memorize the whole thing. But I pray that you ask the Lord, God, speak to me. I need this word in your, my heart. I pray that that will be your attitude. So look, verse 1, first state, heart at rest. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The metaphor of shepherd is especially rich one in ancient Israel culture. Unlike modern Western culture we live in, this culture was agricultural central society. Meaning shepherd was a such familiar metaphor that the people knew, they exactly knew what the job of shepherd was to provide and to protect. Because of seasonal nature of rain and the drought, it was hard sometimes to find the green pasture to lead the flock, sheep, where they can really gaze, where they can really eat fresh grass. So it was the job of the shepherd to constantly lead the flock to find nutrition, to find food for these sheep. Not only that, it was the job of a shepherd not only to provide but also to protect sheep from all the attacks of evil one. This past year, actually, exactly about a year ago from today, I spent a couple of weeks in Kenya uh, to train some Kenyan pastors as well as our church built a, one of the staff housing at the children's home. So I was there at the opening ceremony. But then as we were walking through some reserve, nat- nature reserve area, there is this tribe called Maasai people. These are the literally group of people that walk around with the staff. They go wherever their flocks go. They sleep wherever their flock go. And I even saw these Maasai people in safari, meaning there's literally wild lions. I'll tell you more about that in a moment. But these are the job of Maasai people to protect and provide for their sheep. So in other words, when the psalmist here says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, he's not talking about his capability, his ability to find rest. But it is talking more about the shepherd. He's trusting in the one who is able to provide and protect. So in other words, the psalmist is saying, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What a confidence that the psalmist shows. Because I know the one who provides and protects for me. I shall not want. How can he say that? Look, verse 23. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in path of righteousness for his name's sake. He makes me lie down. It was this idea that the psalmist is talking about is that the shepherd is leading the flock where the sheep can rest, he makes me lie down in a place of abundance, the green pastures. And he says it, he leads me beside the still waters. Maybe there are some of you who take Hebrew class here. This can literally be translated as, he leads me beside the waters of rest. It was the shepherds who lead the sheep to the waters of rest. This water's particular kind, by the way. If you ever, when I was actually living in Israel for three months, I got to be a shepherd. And when you <clears throat> lead sheep, 
to very rapid flowing current, anything like that, they will not drink water because they get very jittery. And if you ever lead a sheep to the, the isolated dead water, they will not drink it. It's rotten. When you go to a safari area, only animal that dwell in the isolated rotten water is a hyena. Sheep don't drink. But shepherds know their sheep. They lead the sheep to gentle flowing water. And the shepherd tells his sheep, drink deeply. Get refreshed. Here is the waters of rest for you. So student, let's examine ourselves today. Are you drinking the waters of rest deeply today? How's your heart really? Is it filled with restlessness? God, I don't know if I don't get A+, plus, I'm not going to make it here. I don't know, she said no to me. Oh, midterm, I don't know. See, it's a heaven and earth difference, students, to say I should be at rest and to really experience rest. It's a completely different thing to know intellectually that the honey is sweet. Whole another thing for you to taste the spoonful of honey and taste on your own. As Jonathan Edwards says, so are you experiencing rest or do you need a therapy here like the social worker I quoted earlier? You might say, you're like, well, Jin, wait a second, hold up here, but you, you are not getting me. Look at these sheep. They got nothing to worry about. A shepherd leads them to beside waters of rest. There's plenty of food to eat. They eat, sleep, and rest. My circumstance isn't like that. You don't get me, Jin. You don't know how many hours I work on top of my school. I take 18 credit hours. I'm involved in this and that and that. So, I mean, this sheep can only find rest because circumstances are great. Oh, I think not. Look, verse 4 and 5, what does the psalmist say? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me, even in the presence of my enemies. What the psalmist is confessing here is not the circumstances well. Even though when he walks through the valley of the shadow of death, it's not the well-being of circumstance that gives the psalmist rest, but the presence of his shepherd that gives him the rest. Your rod and staff, they come from me. Students, you might go through a whole lot of things in your life, but it is the presence of God can give you the deep gospel sabbatical rest. Do you trust in sovereign goodness of our God? As I mentioned, I spent about a couple weeks in Kenya this past year. After the spending time with the Kenyan pastors and our children's home, last two days we traveled to Maasai Mara, which is one of the biggest natural reserve safari in the world. So we see like tens of thousands of zebras, and there are a lot of lions, and there are zebras, and there's warhogs, and there's zebra. Did I say there are zebras in safari? So many. So I saw all the animals fun. So after a fun day, we check in a hotel to sleep. This hotel was a little unique, I tell you. It was made in a concrete slab, but the hotel itself was a bungalow. It was like a tent. And what they do, it's right at the safari, right near. So Maasai people with their spears will lead you to your tent. And they lead you to the almost near to hotel. And when the road splits, they are like, oh, you can go to your hotel. So I'm going. 
And this Maasai people, I'm having casual conversation of this fierce Maasai who's guarding me through. And he asked me, hey, what's your tent number, Jin? I'm looking at my kid. Oh, tent number eight. And he's, oh, tent eight. And I was like, yeah, anything cool about it? And then he doesn't let me go. He leads me all the way to my tent door. I'm like, oh, I feel special privilege. What's going on here? I said, why are you leading me all the way? I was like, well, I, I actually, six days ago, three lions passed by your tent at night. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. <laughs> my heart is not at rest, I tell you. I am panicking. And he's like, oh, make sure to lock the tent. When you zipper down the tent, make sure to lock it so that no one comes in at night. I'm like, forget that. If lion comes, I got to run out. So I didn't lock. I just zippered down. I was just so nervous at night. I mean, but in the end, I was able to sleep that night. Why? Because there were Maasai people guarding me. I mean, was I able to sleep because I trusted in my ability? I'm the fastest Korean on planet Earth. If lion comes, I'm going to run out. No way. If lion comes, I'll be lion just sausage in a second. But I was able to rest that night, knowing that there are fierce Maasai people guarding me throughout the night. It was the presence of the shepherd that provided me the rest, not the circumstance. I was panicking a little bit deep down in my heart. But I was able to enjoy the sleep, trusting. I checked them a few times, picked up, oh, there are Maasai people guarding me. But nonetheless, following that, I woke up. I kid not. I woke up. I zippered up the tent. There was no lion, thanks be to God. And there were like seven baboons 20 feet away from me. I'm like, oh, never mind, I'm going back in. <laughs> I was so nervous about that. So student, do you really trust that the Lord is good to you and he knows every single need? Even in the presence of my enemies, the psalmist is experiencing rest, for you are with me. That's the heart estate, heart at rest. Because of the presence of a shepherd, the sheep trust in the sovereign shepherd's ability. They are able to lie down. They are able to drink deeply from the waters of rest. So how are you doing today, really, students? Are your hearts just panicking today? Or do you trust that God, life can be hard, but I know you can provide, I know you can guide me through thick and thin. So now let's talk about some practical tips, how to go about really experiencing the rest that the sheep experience. I'm going to give you several tips to make it as practical as possible. Uh, number one, embrace inner dependency, nature of your being. What I mean by embrace inner dependency, nature of your being, your physical, emotional, spiritual are far more interconnected than you and I realize. What I mean by that, Spiritually, if you have a spiritual issues, sometimes it will affect your physical rest too. I'm walking through life with a couple of young men who are battling with the same struggling, same sin issue over and over. They are tormented because they know that's not the style that God has designed in their lives. Sometimes when you go through this intense spiritual battle, it will affect. Look at Job. He was going through a spiritual battle, and then that leads to all kinds of Satan tormenting him. In his agony, I was like, God, what's going on here? The physical pain, spiritual pain were all interconnected. Emotional. You, don't you think emotional? Broken heart syndrome is a real thing. When you go through a major rejection in your life, you didn't get the job you want. Now many of you maybe are dating or not. But those, it will hurt. When you are going through broken heart syndrome, you lose sleep. 
I remember when I was going through a deep funk in my life, I was in so darkness that I lost 15 pounds in three months. That's a hard thing. Physical, sometimes students, I tell people, sometimes godliest thing you can do is take a nap. Take a nap for the glory of God. <laughs> but don't do that in your class, your professor will kill you. Your fall break is coming up. Rest it up. Some of you, A plus, that's, that may not be the, your goal of your life. It can't be that. Know the first interdependency nature of your being. Those three are more related than you realize. Secondly, remember the God-ordained rhythm of life. If you look at Genesis 1 account, after God created each day, he says it was good, it was good. Always benediction after he creates each. After day six, he creates mankind. He said it was very good. Why couldn't God keep going? Well, maybe next thing he creates is the best thing ever, the goat. But what does the seventh day happen? And God rested. Does our God need rest? No, he does not sleep. But he installed the God-ordained rhythm of life for us. If our God rested, you and I need rest. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is to rest. So first, we said, embrace the interdependency nature of your being. Second, remember the God-ordained rhythm of life. Third, take time for intentional inactivity. What I mean by the students, I have confession here. I have love and hate relationship with the word intentional. When people tell me, Jin, be intentional about it, what they mean, do more, Jin. And I'm, <laughs> I don't like it. But I do mean that take time for intentional inactivity. What I mean by that Cultivate a discipline of pause. It's okay to stop. Stand against the tyranny of grit. It's not all about hustle. I mean, you think your life is busy, well, only get busier and busier and busier. You are in demanding season, I get that, students. But stand against that. When I was in seminary, I had a roommate had a t-shirt, allergic to silence, allergic to pause. He always needed activity, always needed stimulation. But students, will you take time for intentional inactivity? It's okay to block out your calendar and say, I need to rest. Fourthly, know who you are. What I mean by this, sure, extrovert, introvert, you all know that. Let me give you four categories that I adopted from other pastors as well. There are four types of rest. I don't know what you are. For, I'll give you four categories of rest. Contemplative rest, companion rest, aesthetic rest, recreational rest. What I mean by that, know who you are. For some of you are a contemplative rest person. You need to journal. I can be like that. When I go through really tired time, I'm like, people, I love you, but I need to be alone journaling out. I need to think out what's going on. I need to kind of detach myself from all the things happening and just be alone. If you are those people, it's okay to say no once in a while. Hey, I just need alone time deep down. It's okay to do that. Just don't do that in isolation rest of your life. Too much is not good either. Second, companion rest. What I mean by that, sure, some of you, I'm not just talking companion as a spouse or dating personal companion as in someone you confide in. Sometimes you just need to talk it out to trust the source. Someone who gets you. Like, hey, when I talk to you, I feel like you really understand me. Do you have some time for a cup of tea? It's okay to seek out for that. It could be your professor. could be your beloved friend. Sometimes you need someone to hear you in your deep darkness and your tired, weird, weariness. 
Third, recreational rest. What I mean by that, let the party begin. It is okay. For some of you love to go biking, hiking, just play sports with a friend. That's okay. It's not. Sometimes we're like, oh, you're a contemplative rest person. Oh, you are so spiritual. Oh, you're recreational. Oh, you're so cheap, shallow. No way. God forbid. Some of you are just people lover, want to be with the people and just have fun. That's how I recharge. Recharge that way. But just don't do that too much. Sometimes if you do too much, you need a vacation from your vacation. <laughs> so don't. And lastly, aesthetic rest person, go enjoy. I know today's a little bit cold. Go take a walk. Um, beautiful creation that God has created. See the falling leaves changing color. If that recharges you, gives you rest, you're like, God, I'm so thankful you have created me. Take time to do that. I don't know what type you are. Know who you are, how God has wired you. Each of you are a little different. But if fall break is coming up, do whatever you got to do to recharge. Drink deeply from the waters of rest that our Lord provide. Fifth, understand what hinders you from resting. Now, this article was actually forwarded to me by my wife. She one time forwarded me an article by Harvard's Business Review that's titled as, If you are so successful, why are you working 70 hours a week? And I'm like, oh, man, that captivated me. I'm like, let me figure out what's going on here. And then the article basically says that many of you may be working the favorite type of employee from an employer you think maybe are the one who's competent, who's secure, who's just lovely. No. Harvard Business Review says that the favorite type of employee by the employer are the one actually insecure overachievers. They need to constantly work, work, work. This is what the article said. Let me quote that. Some leading professional organizations explicitly use this terminology, though not in public. Insecure overachievers are exceptionally capable and fiercely ambitious, yet driven by a profound sense of their own inadequacy. For some of you, it resonates because you cannot live out apart from getting 4.0. Are you insecure overachievers? Can I give you an antidote for that? I sometimes feel that way too, students. Don't get me wrong. But, oh, I must prove my existence. I must prove my worthiness. Let me work, 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 work to prove that I am somebody to others. You know what he says at the deep down, actually? You don't know who you are in Christ, really. Now, all the things that I've said so far, even if you are not a follower of Christ, this may be helpful. But what I'm about to say right now is the biggest tip but this is for exclusive. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, this may be not for you. But if you are following the Jesus, hear this greatest antidote. This is the most practical tip that I can ever give you. How do you really experience rest? Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ, who cried on the cross, said, It is finished. That's the that's a defiance that you cry out against your endless work. Jesus Christ did not cry out at the cross, said, do more. He cried, it is finished. Oh, restless heart students, do you know that Christ was not only, he was not only a good shepherd who was willing to protect you and guide you. He was not only willing, but he indeed laid down his life 
to give you and grant you the deep gospel sabbatical rest that you and I desperately need today. Do you know him? To the degree that you understand that it has been, it is finished, that was the verdict against your restless heart. You've heard it this before. There's nothing you can do to make him love you any more, any less. There's good and bad in that saying, but the good that I want you to hear from the saying, that yes, because of what Jesus Christ has done for you, your heart can rest now. Karen, students, where is your heart today? Is your heart at rest today? We have examined today uh, heart at rest, a shepherd who leads his sheep beside the waters of rest. We examined the various tips, practicality, but if you remember one thing, remember Jesus Christ who cried out, it is finished for you. That is the greatest rest that you and I need today. Let me end with this. One of my all-time Christian hero is World War II Times Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He's a fascinating figure. I mean, he was a pastor, theologian. Um, he was also trying to assassinate Adolf Hitler. Um, it's a f- phenomenal figure. Anyhow, one time his plot got exposed. Um, so he got locked into concentration camp. Now his death is impending any days. And on the 19, 1945, April 8th was the day that they came for the guard. He just preached a phenomenal sermon on Isaiah 53, the lamb who went to the slaughter, the lamb who cried out, it is finished. But then prisoner guard came to get him. And this is the man who experienced the deep gospel sabbatical rest, even unto death. This is what he says. One of the observers of Bonhoeffer's death said this, He had hardly finished his last prayer when the door opened and two evil-looking men in civilian clothes came in and said, Prisoner Bonhoeffer, get ready to come with us. Those words, come with us, for all prisoners, they had come to mean one thing only, the scaffold. We bade him goodbye He drew me aside. This is the end, he said. For me, beginning of life. Even unto death, his heart was at completely, his heart was at rest because he knew that Lamb of God who took away sins of the world, not only for the world, for him personally. And the prison camp doctor who witnessed many, many executions at the time said he has never seen anything like this. This is a prisoner camp doctor road. He said a short prayer and then climbed the steps to the gallow, braved and composed. His death ensued after a few seconds. In the almost 50 years that I worked as a doctor, I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. This is how Bonhoeffer came and went. Why? Because he knew he was drinking all his life, drinking deeply from the waters of rest in the presence of his Savior. Even death could not take away. Even when he was walking through the valley of the shadow of death, no one could forfeit, no one could rob the peace and rest he was experiencing in his Savior. 
Students, where is your heart at? To the degree that you abide in the death and resurrection of Christ, to the degree that its beauty begins to melt your heart, you want to, you will want to drink the waters or rest more. And I'll be praying that you will find rest as you go about each day. May the Lord go each step of your way. Let me pray for us. Oh God, uh, the season of life that our students are going through, what a season, oh Lord. There are so many decisions to make, so many things to do. And God, as a result, often our hearts are restless. We don't know what to do. But God, today I pray for students that they will sometimes cease to look at themselves and begin to really look to you, look at you. They'll begin to really behold our crucified and risen Savior who has cried out for them, it is finished. God, grant them deep rest, the equilibrium of their heart, the tranquil state at night. And I especially pray this week as they take exam, as they go about term project, as they go about looking forward to a fall break, all that is to come. Help them to experience the deep rest only you can give in your precious name. We pray, amen. Before you go, oh, before you go, can I just bless you guys? Let me say a benediction for you as you go. May our Lord and Savior who has cried out, it is finished, grant you deep gospel sabbatical rest today and forevermore. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, we rest and we go, and all God's people say, yeah. amen.